All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Sup, motherfuckers? Welcome to the Hunt for Ed's October podcast, the Ernie Lombardi edition, episode number 35. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we've got some people here to talk Cincinnati Reds baseball with you. Let's start with obscure former Reds. Ken, how are you doing tonight? Hey, good evening, guys. Go Reds. Well, and here's the thing. Polly. Polly, how are you doing tonight? Here's the thing, Coop. I'm living a dream. And I'm being optimistic, realistically optimistic about this weekend, about the Reds. It's do or die, and I love it. It's like a playoff. It's great. Here's the optimism. We also have Wu on tonight. Wu, how are you? Doing well. It's August, and we're talking about the Reds, so that means they don't completely suck. And uh, I've been pleasure watching the uh, Brewers beat the living piss out of the Pirates tonight, so that's always fun. Nice. And making his dramatic return is Borf. Borf, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I am good. Well, all right. Well, uh, tonight, I want to start with what I call the Louisville trio of uh, Aristides Aquino. Uh, I'm going to call him Beef O'Brady, or Beef O'Grady, I should say, and then Meat Sauce, Josh Van Meter. These guys were raking down at Louisville, and now they're with the big league club. And I think everybody but O'Grady has gotten some at-bats. We wanted to start with you. Do you see a future for any of these three guys with the Reds, or is this just kind of their audition for maybe somewhere else? I mean, I think I think there's a future for at least two of them, probably, in some capacity. Uh, I look at, you know, there's been a lot of excitement with Aquino coming up, uh, what he's done in Louisville. Uh, you see what... Uh, Van Meter has done to, to date, you know, pretty hitting pretty good. Um, I want them to get a lot, those two specifically, to, to get a lot of the bats these last two months of the season, and let's see what they are. I, I wouldn't bet the future on them. Um, I'm sure we'll talk later about about that aspect, but um, you know, I want to I want to see what these guys are made of. The league is going to adjust as they get more information on them, but I want to find out what they are. And uh, I want to, I want to move the Reds front office to move forward as if they aren't going to be their starters uh, in the future, really, because um, you need a. If you want to win a championship, you got to have a championship caliber bench, caliber bench, and these are the type of players that could fill that out easily, in my opinion, if if they continue to progress. Um, a lot of excitement there. It's, it's small sample size. It's early, but. You know, worst case is you've got a couple of players next season <clears throat> that if you were to have an injury or something, if you got some free agents or fill, fill the gap someplace else, that if you had an injury or someone, you know, just doesn't perform, you got somebody to come off the bench and can just pick up the slack. And that's what you need if your goal is to win a championship. So, um, yeah, I see a future for these guys, uh, at least in a bench role for probably two out of three at least. We'll, we'll see about uh, meat sauce there. but uh, Meat sauce. All right. Yeah. All right, Polly. Here's the thing. There's a fourth, and I call him the four horsemen. Blandino's down there raking right now over the last, I think, like six, eight games. He's like been doing well, coming off an injury. I see a future in at least two of them. I agree with you, Will. I also see a lot of trade bait in, in them. So there's, there's a lot of positivity in all four of them. But the Punisher... Is probably my favorite out of them all right now. Harris titties. Uh Ken, your thoughts? Um, as sad as I am to see Aristino or Aristides Aquino lose his perfect record of over one in one K, I'm really excited for him to to come off the Mountain Rushmore of uh, obscure former Reds and start raking the ball. Um, metrics: his exit velocity is is disgusting. Um, 
That he, homer he hit up the other night, up. 109 miles per hour exit velocity. 109 miles an hour. Um, the night before, he had 110 mile an hour flyout and 110 mile an hour single. He's obliterating the ball. He is punishing the ball. Um, so that's going to travel. That's going to work if if he can if he can keep doing that. Um, I mean, you could say meter, you could say that. Uh, I'm sorry. You could say that Aquino is punishing the ball the way Burmy punishes his dick after going to the Hooters. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Shout out to Burmy. I'm sorry. C- continue, Ken. Um, Josh Van Meter is interesting because he he went down, he struggled, went down, came back, and for three weeks, he raked the ball. Now, over the last eight, ten days, he's been struggling. He's two for his last... 15 or 16 but one thing that is encouraging is in that streak he still has four walks so he's hitting about the mendoza line but his his on base is still way over 300 because he's mixing in walks i really like he's got a really mature approach to the plate um that's going to play as well Uh, he if he's getting on base there's going to be a spot in this lineup with the advanced metrics that the reds are doing um they're going to like that. Uh, Beef O'Grady, he's 27. Um, so we're rewarding with a call-up when they need a bat. Um, I don't know how much of future he has. Um, Aquino's 25, and Ben Meter's still 24. So I'm much more enthused for them. But, I mean, play him. Play the hot hand. And if, if they can take the Reds and bring them to a contention like they've done... I mean, exciting baseball in August is something we haven't had in five years. So, go Reds. Borf, bring us some quality baseball insight. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're, we're waiting for your baseball analysis. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> as long as they're not NASCAR fans, and we don't have to pay them $10 million a year to be NASCAR fans, I'm fine with it. Um, but no, realistically, I pretty much agree with everything. Everything you guys said, I think, I think all four. Well, I mean, I don't. Other than Blandino, really, I think all three of those guys are have realistic shots to make the team next year and deserve a chance. I like everything Van Meter's done. Um, I think he's proven to have a chance to be an everyday player. Um, he's extremely versatile, which is huge. Um, I like Aquino's swing. I think he's done a lot to change his swing as well as Van Meter. So I, I see no reason not to give those guys at least a shot. Yeah. Uh- Aquino now has the Tony Batista swing, which, hey, that worked for him for many years. Uh, especially up there in Toronto he was when he was mashing 30 home runs a year. But uh, I agree that Van Meter's probably uh, the one who has the biggest future in terms of potentially an everyday player. And we'll get into this in a little bit. Uh, depending on what the Reds do in the offseason could determine how much playing time Aquino would get in right field or or left field, wherever they could uh, squeeze him in. I think Senzel is definitely your your center fielder. I don't think you're, I don't think they're thinking about moving him back to second, which for me is what would open up Van Meter if he if he you know takes takes off and can win the job, not just hand it to him. But you know how that goes with the Reds. I also think Van Meter's uh, ability to play multiple positions is huge, right? For not just this year, but next year, and. and and sort of that, at least at a minimum, a bench role. But <clears throat> on top of all that, though, well, uh, you, you look at these guys and what they've done down in, down in Louisville. You know, they've made tweaks to their swing and and, and this and that. The Turner War came came here, right? It was like the whole idea is, uh, was it like a top to bottom ownership of batting, right? Or was or was that just on the pitching side? I can't remember. Was, yeah, I don't know. Van Van Meter's a pretty typical Bobby C player, though. Okay, uh, <laughs> this this kind of leads us into our next topic. Uh, if you haven't noticed that ever since the Reds traded Scooter Jeanette, all of a sudden they've started to take off. And I don't, I don't know if you want to call that a coincidence. The Reds possibly have a chance to hashtag sneak on in. Start of play today, they were six and a half out in the division, four and a half out in the wild card now. There's six teams ahead of them in the wild card, and there's three teams ahead of them in the division. So, uh, Polly, let's start with you. What 
What are you thinking of the Reds' chances, especially when you, hit, you consider that they got the Cubs in town for four games this weekend? I opened up by being realistically optimistic about this weekend. This is do or die. If they win three or sweep, I think they mean business. And Sweep! Could, <laughs> I mean, they'll be right there within the division. And they could, They keep on saying in interviews that we seem to play a good stretch of ball, a good stretch of ball. And I think that good stretch of ball is coming very soon, possibly. possibly. But, again, I want to be realistically optimistic about the rest of the season. And if it doesn't happen, we're in good stance for next year. We're in good posture for next year, I believe. Borf. Positive momentum. Positive momentum. God, we just need positive damn. momentum. Yeah. So your thoughts on uh, <laughs> the Reds' chances? Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I realistically, I don't. I, I'm just trying to be realistic. It would be great to see us go on a on a run and, and play a good stretch of baseball. But I have we even gotten to the point yet where we've gotten within more than four games of 500? I think we're four games under right now. So I, yeah, I mean, it's it. I think Paulie's right. It comes down to this weekend. If you can win three or four, that puts you in a completely different position, um, and I think it changes the attitude of the clubhouse. But we'll see. It's I'm not getting my hopes up, but I'm I'm taking some positive momentum into my positive optimism for the weekend. That's a lot of positivity, especially for you, because you're you're usually I, like a like a grouchy bastard. Woo! Your thoughts on sneaking on in. This this next set against the Cubs is going <clears> to <throat> either validate people having hope or sort of just end it. So, uh, you know, just for reference, a month ago, the Reds were four and a half back in the Central and the wild card with four teams between them because they're in the basement of the Central and six teams of the wild card for wild card two. Basically, the Pirates just shit the bed. And now so there are three teams for the division and still six teams for the wild card. Um. The, the way I kind of look at it is you got to make the hay when you are when you can control things and division's your biggest area of control because there's only three teams. And taking three or four this weekend is going to up your chances. You know, basically, if you look at the different sites right now, you're kind of sitting around a, you know, depending upon which one you want to look at, I kind of aggregate the two. You're sitting around a 12% event right now to make the playoffs. And you sort of got to look at this like flipping a coin, right? And I, I don't think you get your hopes up till you get north of 20 percent chance because that's basically saying hey you know i gotta flip a coin four and four times in a row i gotta get a head or i gotta get a tail and i gotta get it four times in a row and if you told someone that they'd be like yeah it's unlikely to happen but it could right I, i'm feeling pretty good about that it could maybe happen uh but if you're talking about where we're at now which is kind of like a 10 percent chance i'm gonna say i gotta flip a coin and get nine heads in a row and you're like, that's not gonna happen just not and that's kind of where the Reds are sitting at now. They can they can make a lot of move this weekend um, in terms of within the division. Which while they're still further back, I think is still their their greatest hope. But overall, this team's got to play perfect baseball down the stretch. I mean, you're talking at least a you know 600 winning percentage, which this club hasn't done at all at all to date. Um, it's it's a it's a big ask. Um, their offense has been one of the best offenses since the All-Star game, but the pitching also has gone downhill a lot in terms of runs scored. Um, they've scored the most runs, but I think the pitching staff has given up the third most in the NL since since then. Um, so there's been a little bit of a slide there. Uh, you know, if they win, if they go 600 the rest of the way, that gets them at 84 wins, and that's kind of the low line for getting that second wild card, probably. Um, a lot of things got to go their way. Lately, they've been pl- kind of playing to the Pythagorean in terms of their win-losses. they got to outperform what, what they've been doing. And, um, you know, if, if, the, if this team had been playing this way the whole season, I think we'd be, we'd be good. But now they've only got 50 games left. And so they got to get some luck. And it's exciting that they're, you know, still in it in August. Um just don't get your hopes up yet, and hopefully they can make some make some hay this weekend. Ken, did you ever did you ever consider if that coin you're talking about was double sided and only has heads and no tails, like the two faced in the in the dark night? Yeah, 
I, yeah, I think that's probably the I, situation we're working with. I did not consider with. that, but thanks. You should have. I know, my bad. It's okay. Your numbers were good, though. They went over my head. <laughs> Ken. Same. So I was doing some same math that um, Paulie was doing, and the, um, they have to go 31 and 19 to get to 85 wins. Now, maybe some motivation is to get one of those cutouts like they had in Major League just of March shot. Um, I think that'll really uh, spur the guys on to win a bunch of games. <laughs> Nothing gets me going like a na- naked March shot. Well, um, righty then. <laughs> is is but, she smoking a cigarette or not? <laughs> yes. I'm in, uh, I'm in for it then. No, but um, the team's been hitting. Um, the, the starting pitching outside of Disco has been good. But what's been bad since the All-Star break has been the bullpen. Um, even Garrett. Garrett's ERA is over 10. Um, David Hernandez's ERA is a million. Wandy Peralta's ERA is a million. Um, Lorenzen's been good, and Iglesias has been good. You're going to need more than two arms in the bullpen. I mean, that's obviously why you saw them go out and get Gosman and even Boxberger, um, bringing him back. Reds won the trade. Uh, Reds won that trade. <laughs> Um, so the bullpen's got to come around, um, especially with David Bell's proclivity to only go five innings or two times through, through the lineup, which is pretty much five innings. Um, that's what's burning the bullpen out. Say all you want about how many in it, how many innings the Reds bullpen has gone compared to other teams in the league. That doesn't matter compared to how many, to whether they're tired or not. Yes, I, I've heard the they're middle of the road for innings by their bullpen. That doesn't mean they're not tired. So, and Bell and Dick Williams and Nick Crawl know that. That's why they're that's why they're bringing in players and shipping out Wandy and DLing Hernandez. So it's going to come down to the bullpen. Their offense is good enough. Um, their rotation going to be dynamite. But who's going to get outs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning? Yeah, and for me, TNT. I'm dynamite. Uh, but uh, the Reds lost, obviously, Yasiel Puig, who, while even if even with his offensive struggles at times, was gold glove quality in right field. So, while Trevor Bauer's on the mound, he's got to produce better than he obviously did in Atlanta when he didn't even get five innings and you know that th- was a weird that was a weird start. He threw so many. Weird pitches. Yeah, bad ones. <laughs> yeah, I guess by weird I mean bad. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think? Go ahead, Paulie. Do you think that's DJ though? You know, maybe telling him, "Hey, let's mix it up. Let's see what what else you got." You, you know, know I blame I blame Tucker. I bet it's fucking Tucker Barnhart's <laughs> fault. I don't know. Do you think Tucker calls the game, or does he? You think he gets it from the dugout? Because oh, lot- actually, he probably. He probably does get it from the dugout. He's too much of a pussy to call a game on his own. I think Tucker calls the game. Because I know... He probably does. I'm joking. Yeah. I, I mean, I know there are a lot of catchers, though, that aren't allowed to call the game, that every pitch comes from the manager or the pitching coach. I mean, you can see... You can definitely tell when... every Between every pitch, they're looking in the dugout because they're getting the sign. The Reds win in 30 of the next 50. I don't... I just don't see it. I know I'm going to be the Debbie Downer, you know, the fill of this this part of the podcast, but I just don't see passing six teams in the wild card and three teams in the division with 50 games to go. Call it's me. a it's going to be it's a it's a it's a tough hill to climb. I mean, I would love to be proven wrong, but I'm usually right about most things because I'm smart. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> I don't do I think that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um but damn it's fun to be excited about baseball in August. Oh, absolutely. No, I don't want to take Fuck away yeah, that. It is. Fuck yeah, it is. It's Holy amazing. shit, I'm tired of them. They were what, 49 and 63 a year ago and 16 games out of anything. Um and in the middle of a 3 and 16 stretch or something. 
shit this yeah, is so it pumps, at least enjoy it the process. Oh, agree, agree. It pumps me up I, to hear people at work talk about it, like the rest. Yeah, right. Because nobody, like, nobody oh, fucking cares about the Bengals. So in no, this town, don't. I. Yeah, I, was saying, I, I don't think I, I don't think I was watching the Reds at this point last year. I think I was so disgusted by watching miserable fucking piece of shit baseball. I just couldn't do it. I really don't think I was watching Reds baseball at this point last year. I wasn't for sure. I mean, I did, but I'm a loser, so. I mean, I might watch an inning or two, but I think it probably got to the point where I just had to turn it off. Oh, when it would get to be like 10 to 3 in like the fourth inning, yeah, I would turn it off. They they had that yeah, bad I'd... stretch at the end of last year where basically sealed oh. the fate of... Uh, oh, Riggle Tits. Yeah, and when everybody was uh, wanting Riggleman back, when he finally nosedived there at the end of the season, it was like, all right, thank you. At least, you did, at least you did something right. because really, imagine, imagine being that dumb that you wanted Jim Riggleman back as your manager. I mean, I can't because it's just really fucking stupid. Are you a beat writer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my, my, name, my name is John Fay. Oh my gosh. No wonder you were having so trouble with the mute to, button. Shout out to Jeff Carr. Um, I saw a tweet from him that had the Reds ERA plus of their starters this year all well over 100 and the reds era plus of the red starters from last year all well all well under 100 except for castillo who was like 98 but it was um homer bailey was like 68 and matt harvey was 90 or something their rotation was just awful it's fun going to the ballpark and saying they have a chance to win tonight and they have a damn good chance to win because they've got Gray, Castillo, Bauer, or Wood on the mound. Now go out and get like a Garrett Cole or something like that. God, if this team could somehow find the way to sign Garrett Cole, and, and that kind of leads us into our next topic of off-season acquisitions, potentially. Obviously, Garrett Cole is the number one starter that's available in the off-season. There, I don't, I don't know if it was C. Trent or another writer. Somebody said something that. There were pitchers who flat out told the Reds, I'm never pitching your ballpark this offseason. Uh, I didn't see that. I, I can't remember who said that. But anyway, somebody said it, goddammit. But that that's the stigma of Great American Ballpark is that it's so small because it is and that it gives up a ton of home runs. Uh, let's start with Wu on this. Or, uh, yeah, let's start with Wu on this one. Uh, do you worry about the stigma of GABP when it comes to somebody like a Garrett Cole in the off season. And, and if that is the case, do you uh, flip and go for offense to make up for it? I mean, I'd love to get him, but I don't think he's going to be a target of the front office, but in terms of that stigma, um, I think the reds are doing a lot to combat that. I mean, you look where they're sitting statistically. Um, Derek Johnson is, was that a water bong? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not my end. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, uh, Derek Johnson, I think, is doing a lot to uh, kind of kill off that stigma. I, I think he's building a pitching program here and trying to make it look, you come here, we can write your ship, we can fix you, we can do this. Kind of like all of Houston. Um, I, I, think, I think you look at where they're at, you know, what, what are they going to do with Wood? That's the biggest question. You know, they're probably in the best position to try to re-sign him. Some of his comments make me think he would like to. Um, the worst case, you could qualify, offer him. Um, I, I think they need to address the offense. I think that you need, the Reds need to do something they haven't done basically ever, which is get a big, get, get a sign of a significant free agent. Coco has been the only one in the last forever, and, and that's wasn't that big of a signing. So they don't have a history there, uh, but I think they need to go out. They need to fix the holes in the offense. They need to be all in next season, and it's about getting those last offensive parts to to make this a championship caliber, caliber team. Ken? When you're running out Eric Milton, Elizardo Ramirez, Kyle Loesch, and Brandon Clawson, it's not surprising that the team gets a stigma of having a crappy ballpark. But Hashtag obscure you, former Reds. I love it. There you go. When you're running out Johnny Cueto 
and Matt Latos, he was good when he was here, but Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, oh, all of a sudden people can pitch in Great American Ballpark. Um, so maybe Derek Johnson and and Sonny Gray can do some sales job about, hey, we've got a great pitching coach, we have we have good pitchers. If you pitch well, you'll do well here, and we have evidence of that. Now, with that said, I believe you that pitchers have come and said, I'm never pitching there. That's not surprising with how with how well the ball flies. Um, Iglesias hit a 310-foot pop-out out of the ballpark because it carried 360 feet last night. Now, to target for the offseason, um, a, a couple of free agents who are coming coming free are actually former Reds or former farmhands. Uh, Didi Gregorius um, for shortstop if they don't like Jose Iglesias or Yasmani Grandal. I would absolutely like a platoon of a mix-up because they're both switch hitters of Yasmani Grandal and Tucker Barnhart. I think that's a catching combo who could hit. Gregorius is coming off injury, and I'm eager to see his last two months um, and how much playing time he gets because New York's infield is pretty set. Um, They just signed D.J. LeMahieu this offseason. Glaber Torres is their shortstop. Miguel Andujar is injured, but we'll be back at third base next year. Their infield's pretty fine, so I don't look for New York to resign him. I think he'll change teams. Uh, <laughs> Borf. Uh, yeah, actually, Ken took the words right out of my mouth. I think when you when you run guys out there, like he said, like Eric Milton, and the name that was I was thinking was Jimmy Haynes. I think your numbers are are spiked nice. because of all the shitty pitchers that you're putting out there. Um, and like you said, I think when you when you pitch well at Great American Ballpark, you can do fine because I think we've seen it from good pitchers that we've had here and pitchers that have pitched against us. Uh, if you're a good pitcher, you'll do fine, and I think I think that's kind of what you have to pitch. Um, in terms of free agents to target, I think I think you kind of got really got to go for you got to get three guys. I think uh, I think you got to get two hitters and and a pitcher. I mean, in terms of three guys, I mean three super impact guys uh, maybe that you go out and spend some money on. Um, I would love to see them at least give Garrett Cole a chance. Um, I know he, he's probably going to be pretty pricey. Um, I'd love to see them give Yasiel Puig a chance. Uh, I'd love to see them give Yasmani Grandal a chance and Didi Gregorius. I'd have no issue with them signing any of those guys. Um, Marcelo Zuna, I think, would be fine. Uh, I don't I don't love him, but I think he'd be fine, too. Here's the thing, Pauly. Here's the thing. You guys have been taking words out of my mouth. I agree on Grandal. That was my number one, actually. We need a catcher, and he can hit the ball. We already brought back Boxberger. Might as well bring back Grandal and see what can happen. Um, get, the, get the whole band back together. Get, why not? Why not? Didi, Grandal, Brad Boxberger. We full circle. Win the World Series? Shit. That would be uh, wild. Kenley Yonder Alonso is going on his 10th team. <laughs> That's true. Is it really? Is it really his tenth team? I'm looking. He's he caught in college. Yeah, that's One, wild. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's played for seven teams. Sheesh. Yeah. The other player I have is Kenley Johnson. Jensen can opt out out of his two-year deal. The, the closer for me, the but, Dodgers. But if, but if he opt, if he opts in, how much money does he get? Uh, Two years, thirty-eight million. million. Yeah, I just saw it. I, I I have trouble seeing him turning that down, and and another, especially to, especially to come to the Reds. Another bat with veteran like leadership, Josh Donaldson will be a free agent too. Oh, he's where so do you old. put him? Where do you put him? I know he's base? old. I don't know. I that's what I was trying to figure out. I mean, like I, I was trying. Go ahead. Along that same line, I would throw every dollar I could to get Rendon and move him back to second. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. Oh, that's fair. That, that, yeah, that, Rendon, is, that would that's... be my number one target if I was the Reds. Well, and I'll jump in because I haven't named anything either. Uh, Rendon, obviously, I agree with that. Uh, if you can't get him, a possible fallback option would be Mike Moustakis. Uh, he'll be 31, uh, but he was born on September 11th, and he never forgets. <laughs> I mean, it was September 11, 1988, but still. He probably did not forget his birthday, Coop. You're probably right. <laughs> That's right. Every September 11th, you should always think about Mike Moustakis. 
Never forget. And then there's that water bowling again. Um, JD Martinez is also a free agent, but I think he's probably stuck as a uh, a DH somewhere. And uh, guys like Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner, Garrett Cole are, I think, are pipe dreams. I would mm-hmm. love to have either of them, but. Ryu's going to be a free agent too. Yes, I mean, for hell. the for the Dodgers, and he's had a great year. He's hurt right now, but I I don't I don't know if the Dodgers will let him go. I think they'll try to sign. Well, him. realistically, how much money do we have to spend? A lot, like seventy I mean, million. Yeah, like how, right. I mean, so why not? More. Like why? Like why can we? Why why do these guys have to be a pipe dream? Why can't we just go get them? Why do we have to pussyfoot around? Why can't we just go fucking get the guys we want to get? Because that's not the Bobcats. They have to anyway. want to come here. Well, that's yeah, the it's fucked up. It's it's fucked up. They I mean, I think I'll give Bob credit. Bob's paid. I mean, he paid Votto, he paid, and he paid Homer. Um, he's willing to, to invest a significant portion of his budget in in some talent. And so, he got sure. he got I mean, Suarez he got, to he got, sign he that got, deal. He got one. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I mean. But that's okay, so now it's time to go out and get guys that aren't necessarily homegrown and go out and bring someone in. It'll be interesting because just because of how much money is coming off the books and if you really want to compete. And I think it's also different buying out arbitration seasons and throwing a lot of money that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Versus, versus acquiring a, a free agent. Sure, so. for sure. Free agents are going to be older. Yeah. You're, you're paying for... You're you're paying for stats already accumulated, not for what they're going to get. Along the same fair. line, I think like Castellanos might be an interesting target on the lower end, like like not a, not a huge huge splash, but somebody that would be very serviceable and a free agent that maybe they could. Target. He's younger. How old you know, is he? Do you know? He's 27 right now. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. Starly Starly Marte's on there too. I mean, yeah, but fuck the Pirates. I, I don't I'd put him in left, I'd put I him in left field. Yeah, I know. I, I would too. Yeah, I mean, Castellanos uh, has been, what, uh, like an OPS plus of like 110 in his career? 110 this season? That's the kind of bat you're kind of looking for to yeah, fill that offense. Something above replacement level. Just above, slightly above league average, right? With his pitching yeah. staff and where it's at, you want – I mean, the Reds' goal is – Average offense or better at the end of the day. If you, especially if you're like you're able to keep Wood around that starting rotation and stuff. I mean, average offense or better. I mean, where would we be this year if it was just an average offense? You'd probably be the top of the central. You know, just right. sitting there ready to go. Right. Yeah. It's, you don't need. You don't need. You you know you, you got to avoid having a black hole in the lineup, and then it's just an average offense from there, or average offense plus. That's where I wonder, like, Anthony Rendon, would he be willing to play second base because you've got Suarez. Encamped at third. Yeah, there's a big question there, but I would I would throw a bunch of money at him. Oh, I would. I would throw a shitload <laughs> of money at him because he, off- oh, offensive, offensively, he's probably the best third baseman in the National League. Offensively, like four WAR player. I mean, right. You don't. You don't think. You don't think Arenado's better. Okay, maybe him and Arenado. No. <laughs> but, no, uh, you take Arenado out of course. I don't think he's better. Really, I think Arenado's. I think Arenado's. Great out of course too. I think his numbers reflect that. I mean he's I mean, at, he's a great player. Rendon slash. 315, 401, 601. I'm not saying Rendon's bad. I'm not and I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I'm just asking the question. I honestly but haven't I looked at I the splits. I don't think Arnado I don't think Arnado's a bad player when you take him out of course. I think he's the same player at any ballpark. I just look at uh, Rendon the last few years and I mean his offense plays. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's a great player. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he's going to be a free agent at 30. Anthony Rendon. Uh, last year he slashed 308, 374, 5.35. Uh, this year, even with being hurt for half the year, he's at 315, 401, 601. That's an OPS plus of 152. That'll play. I'm just saying. That's, but that that'll play real well. That'll play. It's just a matter of will he will let play in Great American Ballpark if Bob will be aggressive. I know there was uh, – I forget who wrote this story because, you know, I, I have no memory. But uh, they were talking about when they were trying to woo, no pun intended, uh, Shohei Otani. Shout out, shout out to you. 
Shohei Otani when he was uh, being posted that they came up with this big pitch about Cincinnati and all the team, the history and all that. Of course, he didn't choose them, but uh, talk, uh, I think Dick Williams was talking about doing that kind of thing for potential free agents in the future. Uh, so it would be interesting to see uh, just how aggressive they are this offseason with so much money coming off the books and this edict of we're not going to lose anymore kind of crap. I don't know. I just think it'll be interesting. We still got 50 games between now and then, though. They gotta be all in, and and, and I think they need to be spending like 20 million more and really opening things up. I mean, just as a fan, this this is the window. Make it happen. And anything less is just. I, I, yeah, at the end of the day, you can't force them to come here, but that, just make it make it happen <laughs> for one or two years. They're at 140 next year to break even. Um, if you get up to 160 and spend some money. Uh, back to Rendon. Rendon's uh, OPS home and away is 1047 and 955. Arenado's road split is under his OPS on the road is under 800. He's a there. Coors Field product. Okay. Go ahead, Borf. It sounded like you were trying to say something earlier. Oh, I was just going to say, I hope they put the money on the field and not into the ballpark in the offseason. All of the renovations they've done over the last 10 years has made Grand American Ballpark really nice. Oh, it's great! It's a great place. I right. love going to see games there. It's just it's time it's to just put a, the money right. onto the exactly. field. Exactly. You've you've fixed the ballpark. That's fine. Put it on the field now. I agree right. with you a hundred percent. It's a great ballpark to watch a game. Uh, the stadium you would not you would never know that stadium is almost twenty years old because of all the renovations they've done. That's a good point. So you you fixed Damn. the stadium. Yeah, it's yeah. It opened in two thousand three. You fixed the stadium. That's great. Now's the time to invest in the team. Yep. All right. Well, some of that money that, that was coming off before is no longer coming off because they traded Puig's $10 million salary for Bauer's probably 18 or $19 million salary in arbitration. He made That's... six and a half last year. He, he's making 13 this year. He's probably going to get 17 at least um, in 2020. So, I mean, I'm not trying to throw water on the no, parade, no. but uh, no, I understand. They have, six, they have, they have that's, sixty that's new information. Instead of seventy, that's new information. And um, but also, they, they've traded away potentially three years of arbitration of uh, Tra- Taylor Trammell too. So, yeah, I mean, that's not for next year, but that's future dollars saved. If you want to look at it that way, and I think that's going back Those to what we talked about earlier. I think that's 2020 or 2021, though. Right. No, I understand. But do they extend? Uh, do they try to sign Alex Wood for one year? One year coming off an injury, or two years, or do they give him a qualifying offer? I think the give qualifying w- offer is going to be nineteen million. I can't see them giving him nineteen million dollars because he'd he'd take that in a heartbeat coming off an injury. Right. No, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. I, would. I don't see that. You got to get something either. out. Of, you got to get something out of him, right? Uh, you want to pay nineteen million? I, I don't know. Damn Honestly, I think it depends on his it's next. It's hard to say. I mean, he's got what eight, nine starts left, something like that. I'm very I eager mean, to see how he did. See how he he's does. also been prone to injury too, right? So I mean, it's you. You offer him that qualifying offer, he accepts nineteen million dollars. Or what if he? What if he comes into spring training with shoulder fatigue or more back spasms, and then sits out until June again? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a legit only point. Had, um, Alex Wood has only started more than twenty five games three times: um, 2015, 17, and eighteen. 20, 32, 25, and twenty seven. Other years, started 20, 11, 24, 24, yeah. ten, and two. So, um, yeah, it's there's a risk. An injury risk there, it's a risk, but when he pitches. He's damn good. All right. Why don't we uh, move on to some uh, listener questions? Earlier today, I solicited questions uh, asking people to use the hashtag Bauer Nazi. Because Trevor Bauer is, you know, he kind of wants to be a Nazi. Uh, So, (laughs) Farney, at Farney Fool on Twitter, asked this question, hashtag Bauer Nazi. 
with his gun stance is Marty attempting to alienate the entire fan base so that he can enjoy retirement and not have to tolerate people asking him dipshit questions in his golden years. Uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, Marty had an interview where he got political for a change. And uh, even though that he's a Trump loving, anyway, uh, he came out saying that he would uh, agree with a ban on assault weapons. And let me tell you, uh, the Inquirer Facebook page was lit after that. Um, so back to the question, I think Marty's going to move to Florida when he retires and not give two shits what anybody thinks. Anybody else? Yes. That's that's right. I think he already does. He gives two shits what we think, but it's fucking Marty. I love him and I hate him. <laughs> Marty Brenham in Florida, man. Those guys who lives on a fucking cruise ship. He's going to spend <laughs> 50 grand and just sail around the world and never leave the cruise ship. That's, that I sounds about that. right. No, we like... He likes his motorcycle way too much. His motorcycle he likes push, Doesn't he like pushing his little dog around in a, in a stroller or something like that? Well, he can do that in Florida. He can do that on a cruise ship, too. That's true. Somebody might throw the dog over the side. That's why I'll never be on a cruise ship. Somebody would throw my ass over the side. That's the problem. If they could lift me. I, I'd get too I drunk will. and fall I over will. the side. <laughs> yeah, I just... That's why I've never been on a cruise, because I just, I just assume... I'm going to end up in the water, but at least I'd, at least I'd float. Uh, so, uh, Burmy was not on the podcast tonight, but he asked a question. He forgot to use the hashtag, but will my dad ever come home? No, you're a bastard. Uh, (laughs) shout out, shout out to Unc Graham. Yes. Shout out to Unc Graham at Unc on Twitter. Is that Burmy's dad? Shout out to Burmy's dad, wherever you are. God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thank you for uh giving us the hippie of our lives uh ken obscure x reds here with us asked a question and he did use the proper hashtag hashtag bauer nazi what do you make of the reds farm system falling out of the top 10 well i think with uh, nixon zell graduating from the prospect list that was automatically going to drop them down a couple notches and then trading Taylor Trammell is going to drop you down more. Uh, that and uh, a lot of the Reds' top prospects have underperformed this year. So I think it was bound to happen. Ken Hunter Green hasn't pitched at all either. Right. Uh, coming off Tommy John surgery, you don't know. Which he should have gotten last year, by the way. Yes. Thank you, Reds medical staff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I always hated Krumchak. Krumchak's a... I should have, I should have been a doctor. Should have been an orthopedist. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it would have been a really good idea for everybody. Do they let alcoholics be doctors? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that it? what kind of question is that? Aren't all anesthesiologists alcoholics or pillheads? I don't know. Something. Oh, shout out to all the doctors that are listening. Um, <laughs> Both of them, especially if you're an anesthesiologist. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, who was not on tonight, had a question. Hashtag Bauer Nazi. Since I'm not going to be on, can everybody on the panel please say something nice about me? <laughs> Phil, you're not yes. the... Phil. So, I'll go first. Phil, you are not the most annoying person I've ever talked to. Everybody say something nice about Phil. Uh, Woo, you start. It's nice that Phil is not here tonight. Ken. I love the quiet in the room. <laughs> Borf. Pass. <laughs> See, that was something nice, though. You could have said something mean, and instead you passed. So that was nice. Polly. Here's the thing. Phil's not getting his ass kicked by an old man tonight. That's also something nice. Uh, <laughs> so Joshua Rutherford. Shout out to Red Reporter, old Red Reporter guy. He asks, uh, hashtag Bauer Nazi, I'd like to hear the panel predict the final win-loss record knowing what we know now, and is it higher or lower than they predicted when the season started? I think I predicted something like 74 wins, and I think they're going to win somewhere around 78, so higher. 
I'll I jump s- in. Yeah, go um, ahead. I'll say, I agree, 78, 79. Actually, lower. I, I, I predicted, not that I was on the podcast then, but I was thinking B384. Um, I thought the rotation would be good. I thought the bullpen would be much better than it's been. Um, and I thought the offense would be more consistent. Um, I thought Puig was going to hit 40 home runs. Um, so that was a fail. That would been great. A little lower for me. <clears throat> Paula, you, you're... I I also thought 83 to 84 wins, and I thought Puig was going to be a 30-30 guy. He almost was if we finished the season with the Reds, I think. But uh, I think they can still finish five. I, I I see them still finishing five at 500 baseball this year. Uh, Will, you got any thoughts? I was at 82 wins, and I really want to stay at 82 wins, but I think they're going to 81. Borf. Yeah, I think it's going to be right, right around 77, 78. Uh, I'd love to see him get to 81, which I think is what I thought at the beginning of the season, but I really don't even remember at this point. Uh, but yeah, it'd be, I think probably 77, 78 is, is probably more realistic if they stay on the current pace. Our next question comes from Jonathan uh, at jwebster underscore 10 on Twitter. Shout out to Jonathan. What do you think of trading for uh, Johan Camargo? He's an uh, infielder in the Braves system. Or I think he's actually with the Braves. If you had to choose between Van Meter, Irvin, or Aquino to play outfield, who do you pick? Um, I, I don't know what the Reds would even trade to get Camargo from Atlanta. They'd have to trade something pretty good. Uh, he's, I mean, he's all right. And he he's looks like he's been woefully unimpressive so far this so year far in this a limited year. amount of a bat. I mean, that's 83 games, 200 plate appearances, and looks like looks like worse than Billy Hamilton almost. <laughs> that's not good. I well, mean, his, his top OBP, which was last year, which was in 134 games and 524 appearances, was 349. 272, 349, 457. Yeah, I, I think you got... I'm not, I'm not sure. I think you got I, better... Not, no. If they really wanted Camargo, they could steal him from the Braves. Yeah, no, thank um, you. I'm good. But I think you've, yeah, you've uh, got yeah. better in your system. I mean, if you, I mean, I would think you would give Alex Blandino a shot before you'd go after Camargo. Yeah, I agree. Can we trade them Kevin Gregg for him? Uh, Kevin Gregg, I think, is dead. Oh. <laughs> Just his career. Yes. Or yes, no, he's, uh, he's uh, very uh, much alive. Oh, can we trade Let's see. Uh, and then is, he, is he. Wait, is he alive? Who? Did you say Nick Massett? Yeah, I said fucking Nick Massett. I, I think so he's, hate him. Is, is, is he alive? I think I so. I don't know. Him and Mike Nick Owens Massett, are probably are out hanging there? out somewhere. Uh, acquired in the Ken Griffey trade. What about Nick Travieso? So let's go to our uh, next question. Uh, this is from... So at Mars Hotel 72 asks, do you think a Kino or a Grady stick for next year? Hashtag Bauer Nazi. I have a tough time thinking O'Grady's going to stick just because I have a tough time of where he's going to play. Even as a, I mean, maybe as a bench player, depending on how the offseason goes. But I don't know. I think that'll be tough. Anybody have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think if, you, if you're looking at the four guys that we talked about earlier, I think Van Meter and Aquino are probably the two guys that are likely to stick. Yeah, Aquino's got a real shot to keep right field. The Reds don't really have another outfield prospect, especially right field outfield prospect. Yeah. So if they can't sign somebody, it might be Aquino's by default anyway. Yeah. If, if he hits two sixty down the stretch, well, what if he's what if he's got what if he's Yasiel Puig eight years in the making? I would call it <laughs> manager. <I'm> gonna... Yeah. <laughs> you just you just blew our mind. Yeah, I know. I was like. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, wait, that came from Borf? That bong will do that. I, I called him Mini Puig on Twitter. I mean, he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's 25 he's and he's 6 He's, he's six, been four, eight years, hasn't he? he yeah, uh, I think they signed him when he was 17, something like that. Yeah. What happened to Juan Duran? Is that what his name was? Juan Duran, yeah. I don't think he <laughs> made it past double A. Juan Duran and Jorman Rodriguez. Jorman yeah, yeah, had a cup of coffee, say, though. Jorman Rodriguez. Jorman did have Jorman a cup Rodriguez. of 
actually is an obscure former Red because he did he make is. he did make the ball, yep. part, the ball team. Did that's true. I'm gonna look up and see if he's still banging around anywhere. No chance. He's probably in the Mexican league with Brandon Phillips. <laughs> Coop, I'll, I'll bet you a beer he's not playing in the in, the, in American well, professional baseball. According to <laughs> Baseball Reference, 2016, he was was the he was an A. He played 11 games A ball for the Reds, and that was the last thing they have. Sheesh, that's tough. They signed him when he was 16. Yeah, yeah, he played. He played in Billings when he was 16. Hit 236. How about that? Oh, I think was that old. was. What year was that? Was that 07? 09. 09. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would bet he's he's still only 26. He's probably, and he's from Venezuela. He's probably either, like you said, in uh, a Mexican league or. Uh, Don't tell Tom he's from Venezuela. Oh yeah. Don't tell. Tom. <laughs> so I saw on Twitter earlier um, from uh, at Reds fan Brandon that Aquino has .2 WAR, only six games and seventeen plate appearances. So there's a chance he could be the first position player signed by the Reds from Dominican Republic, Cuba, or Venezuela to produce one or more career WAR since Concepcion. If you think about it, that's wild, crazy, and also that's very insane. bad. <laughs> it's a very bad considering of how successful Dominican players have been in MLB. Uh, update: Yorman Rodriguez plays for the. Okay. Your yeah, yeah. Yorman Rodriguez plays for the Tigres de Aragua in the uh, Venezuelan league. Nice. So that sounds fun. On November seventh, twenty eighteen, he was traded from the Bravos de Margarita to the Tigres de Aragua in exchange for they Al- get? Al- Albert Guillermo and Alberti. Chavez. They got Albert and Albertis? You're kidding me. <laughs> Quality content right there. This has been your Yorman Rodriguez update. Uh, he's, my, he's my favorite Mexican player right now. Yeah, he's from Venezuela, but sure. No, I know, but he's my <laughs> favorite Mexican league player right yeah. now. Yeah, no, Venezuelan league. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. No. no, you you listen here, Coop. <laughs> You damn hippie. <laughs> you damn you dirty hippie. One more question comes from Boom. Comes from Bill at OBC two, another former Red Reporter. Shout out to Red Reporter and Wick for all the good stuff he does. He asks and he doesn't use the hashtag, which come on people. How many folks from the podcast have been to Goodyear spring training? And do you have any tips or pointers? I've never been to Goodyear. Anybody? I've been. I've been. Um uh I stayed in Old Town Scottsdale, which is near Giant Stadium. If you like nightlife and walking to bars and nightlife, that's a blast. Goodyear is not close to anything, so you'll need to rent a car. Um, it's about 45 minutes, but if you stay out in Goodyear, you'll be bored to tears. Um, Hashtag don't drink and drive. Yes. Definitely not drink and drive. Um, if you like golf, there's a million golf courses out there to play. But, yeah, stay in Old Town. Go to a Giants game. It's close to Mesa If the, when the Reds play the Cubs. Um, check the schedule, and, yep, do it. It's amazing. I was there once before. I think the Reds were there, so it was just Indians, I think. It's hot. That's my take for that time of year. So I've never been – I've never even been there. Is it like a, it like a cold a, hot? No. It's, it's a dry heat. It's, they always say it's a dry heat. It is a dry heat, but – You'll come from if you come from northern climate that time of year, you're gonna, you're gonna be like, holy shit, it's hot. So it, it feels amazing. I was, I've never been to Goodyear, but fun fact, it was named after Goodyear tires. Stunning. I don't I know what to, to say. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to last year Sarasota, but have not been to Goodyear, and I just I wish it was still in Florida. I'll be honest. I don't really care because I'm not going regardless, but. I know a lot of people were pissed when it moved from Florida because a lot of people would, when they would take vacations like spring breaks for like uh, when their kids are little and stuff, and take them to some spring training games because it's usually in March for. But anyway. Sarah said it was drivable, and it, and it was a couple hours from Disney World, so parents could do 
the whole Disney World and Sarasota thing in one trip. Yep. There are a lot of families that were upset. But they got such such a better deal uh, in Arizona. You think maybe they'll build a Disney World in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll put a Top Golf out there. Shout out to maybe they'll put maybe. Shout out to everybody in Louisville who can't get a Top Golf because of all the people who hate, who are hating on it. Uh, Is that still going on? Y'all, it's yeah. They there's like lawsuits and everything. What's wrong with Top That's Golf? Terrible. There's nothing wrong with Top Golf. It's all these old rich people. The, the lights. The lights are too bright, and it will attract drunk drivers that will kill all the children, if I remember correctly. That, yes. So, like, there's a neighborhood <laughs> next. It's like they're wanting to put it in, like, a mall, and then, okay. like, yeah. like a mile away is, like, this upscale neighborhood. And those people are saying, like like Bor said, that the lights will, like, keep them up at night, and it's going to attract a bunch of gen- degenerates and all this stuff. I'm like, have you ever been to a Top Golf? It's normal it's, people. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever been to a Top Golf when it's been busy. Right. I mean, it's. Oh, I have. I have. The one in Westchester is can can be nuts. In my defense, I've never been at on like a weekend night or anything. I've only been mostly in the middle of weekdays. <laughs> and it's kind of expensive, like degenerate. Oh, it's going really there? fucking expensive. Like, right. Yeah. There's no degenerates going like, there. Uh, ugh, calm down, fucking rich ass. Louisville, whatever. I don't know. Louisvillians. Louisville. I'm pretty sure it's. Isn't it Louisville? I don't know. All I know is they they vacate a lot of things down there, so they they would probably vacate the Top Golf too. Anyway, let's move on to our next topic since we've been recording for an hour. Let's let's do a little today in Reds Facebook. Up, why don't we? Uh, there was there was a post earlier where the Reds wished Danny Graves a happy birthday. Danny Graves, the all time saves leader for the Reds. Little nugget of information there. Dave says, "All I remember is he flipped off the fans. He shouldn't be a part of any Reds post." <laughs> there were a lot of people complaining about how he flipped. You gotta people. love those Pete Rose supporters. Jesus, didn't he address that recently? Um, he addressed he. I mean, he apologized at the time. I think even, and he was on Jim Day's podcast and talked about it too. Yeah, I mean, it's no big. I mean, he flipped off somebody off because he like the guy like called him something racist. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I forget. Yeah, I was gonna say he had every reason to. Right. So yeah, Dave also goes on to say, uh, "I just didn't like a player flipping the people off that just paid hard-earned cash to watch him perform." Hard to explain to your five-year-old what that meant. Not really what I expected to see at a game. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> I Col- bet Dave's a middle school teacher. I bet Dave's gonna be arrested for child porn one day. It's always those. At, it's always that Dave. type. At Dave. At Dave. Colt says, "Oh man, hard to believe that guy is the all-time saves leader. He was a pretty mediocre to bad pitcher." Thanks, Colt. Uh, Jim says Grave was really good until the steroid testing talk began. Then he became Gan Graves. What? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> What does gas can grace me? <laughs> yeah, Jim. that's a, that's a baseball euphemism for lighting the mound on fire and yeah. shitting the bed. Yeah. Nathan then follows it up with, uh, "He's also the all-time blown saves leader," which I I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't. And here's here's where it gets uh, where I have something to say. Andy says, "Wild man Walker forever. Danny Graves never." And then another guy says, uh, this is the guy that got Wildman Walker banned from Red Spring training. Thanks, Danny. Let me tell you something. Wildman Walker was a guy who was on WEBN in Cincinnati and is a complete piece of shit from everything I've heard. I don't know him personally. He doesn't know me. But from everything I've heard, the guy's a freaking degenerate. So thank you, Danny Graves for getting that piece of shit banned from the Reds clubhouse and banned from spring training because that guy was an idiot. He slept for eight weeks on a billboard. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Over the Bengals. Fuck the Bengals. And yep. fuck Wild Man Walker. Duh. So, let's close it out tonight with the Tom Brenneman Memorial Cornhawk where everybody will nominate their biggest dick of the week and then we will put it to the people to decide who is the winner. 
Uh, I'm going to start first, and I'm going to go with Wildman Walker because I just called him a piece of shit, and I think he's the biggest dick of the week because somebody mentioned him on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Pauly, give us your nomination. I, I'm going to have to agree with you. Like that na- I haven't thought about that name in a long time, and every time it, I think about it, it still pisses me off because he was a fucking douchebag. So, yeah. Fuck you, Wildman Walker. Yeah, fuck you, Wildman. Uh, <laughs> Borf. Um, that's a good question. Um, everyone's kind of a dick. Come back to him. I've I've got mine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we'll come, come back, back to, you. to me. Ken, go ahead. Mine is Bill Epler. Bill Epler is the GM of the Angels. He has the best player to ever play Major League Baseball, and the pitching staff he has put around him is freaking ridiculous. It's horrible you have the best player to ever play baseball get into the playoffs and let him rake but you suck at your job so you're the corn hog of the week i don't like when the reds had king griffey jr kind of <laughs> or, the, or the giants had barry bonds right although they made it to the world series at least one year uh woo yeah, once. uh mine's gonna be gun violence Fuck that shit. I don't care what your political <laughs> views are. It's not meant to be political, but just in general. So It's not political, but fuck your guns and fuck you. I don't think anybody supports gun violence. I agree part. with you and Wildman Walker, but I agree with gun violence, too. Yeah, that's that's why I came Should back to you. Michael I didn't Jordan? know if you... All right, Borf. You've had time to think yeah. about it. Give us our uh, fourth choice. My dick of the week is, did you guys see that video of that old man getting really pissed off about that truck parked partially in his lawn and then fell in the concrete? Yeah, and then that, he, he was, was like beating. Yeah, that guy's my dick of the week because that was fucking hilarious. What should we call that guy? Um, old man. Old concrete man. Old concrete man. It was in Florida too. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and then the guy at the end was like, I don't know who this fucking truck that is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, so that's our choices that we'll put out to the people: Wild Man Walker, Bill Epler, gun violence, or old man or old concrete man. All right. So why don't we uh, go around the room here and everybody give their final thoughts? Um, let's start with Ken. Ken, give us your final thoughts. The Reds have a chance, and this is the most fun August I've had since the Reds beat the shit out of the Cardinals in 2012 to go on the, to go on to win the Central. Um, I'm excited. I've got tickets to see him beat the crap out of the Cubs next weekend, and it's going to be amazing. Um, shout out to, the name escapes me, um, Doug Gregg could tell me off the top of his head, the hitting coach who has changed the careers of Josh Van Meter and Aristides Aquino. He worked. They both worked with the same guy down in the minors, and he 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 changed their entire hitting. So, if if that guy can do that for them, can he do it for other people like an Alex Blandino or a Brian O'Grady and get them to be to be productive major leaguers? Um, I'm gonna have fun over the final eight weeks of the season. So, kick some ass and go. Here's the thing, Polly. Give us your final thoughts. Here's the thing. The Wu has said it many times the last few weeks. The window is opening back up, I, we feel like. And, and that breath of fresh air is coming in. Whether that happens now or next year, just stay positive. Have fun, Reds fans. Borf, give us your final thoughts now that you've made your triumphant return to the podcast. it's It's been a great return. You're right. Um, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm also really nervous because I know that like we talked about earlier, it's kind of make or break, but I am staying positive in, into next season, which will be, which is good and even more hopeful than I was going into last season, which, which, which feels good, but still nervous because I'd, I'd like to be interested in base in Reds baseball through September if possible. And Wu, give us your final thoughts. Uh, interesting and exciting August baseball. We haven't had you in a while. It's great. I love it. Uh, let's see. Just get me get as many wins as you can the rest of the season. Um, and, and this this back half, this last couple of months could feel a lot like 2009, which we all know what that led to. So here's hoping we uh, you know have a lot to cheer for the last 
two months of the year. Uh, so for my final thought, first I want to give a shout-out to the sponsor of the podcast, the Cincy Sports Gallery. Go see Kelly and get all of your Danny Graves memorabilia, and maybe he'll sign it for you. Who knows? Uh, but the week has returned some faith in the Reds. As Wick said on Red Reporter earlier today, this series with the Cubs is possibly the Reds' biggest series in six years. The Reds have to take care of business if they want to have any chance the rest of the season. Three games. Got to win three games, at least. Sweep the Cubs, and you're going to turn a lot of people into believers. So, Reds, you have your marching orders. Go fucking do it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They've got got a good rotation to do it this weekend. Uh, They got the pitching, hashtag the pitching. They traded the pitching and got the pitching. So this is a Hashtag playoff pick. series. This is a playoff series. Right. There's more pitching 2.0. This this like Paulie said this is like a playoff series. If the Reds want to make the playoffs. I agree. If the Reds want to make the treated as such. Right, exactly. This is like the Reds playoffs. If you want to make it to I the actual Dave, playoffs. You got to win. You the, hope David Bell's preaching that. You hope he's preaching that in the clubhouse. I would <laughs> David Bell's going to get ejected from at least one of these games this weekend. I be- oh, I believe that. I would take that bet. I'd bet $1,000 on that. So for Borf and Polly and Wu and Ken, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.